This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we look back at the field hockey team's remarkable achievement. Three victories over teams ranked in the top six in the country in just six days. Meanwhile, the volleyball team went 3-0 this week as well, picking up two key NESCAC wins in the process. The cross-country teams both won the main state championship, and the men's golf team won the CBB tournament for the third time in the past four years. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The football team fell to Wesleyan by a score of 41 to 23 on Saturday. Bates jumped out to a 14 to nothing lead in the contest thanks to a one-yard touchdown run from junior dive back Peter Boyer and this play from first-year quarterback Brendan Costa. Costa's going to keep, has it, and he's going to take it into the house. A 23-yard touchdown run. The C opened up in front of them, and Bates, they lead 13 to nothing. And this is a stunned Wesleyan sideline, a stunned Wesleyan crowd. The Cardinals rallied to tie the game at 14, but with 6.36 to go in the second quarter, Costa connected for the second straight week with first-year Jason Lopez. Throwing downfield, Lopez makes the catch inside the 10, and he's in for a touchdown. 55-yard pitch and catch. No one picking up Lopez as he came out of the backfield on the third and long. And Bates back in front. They've never trailed. The Cardinals responded with a touchdown of their own. And with 26 seconds left in the half, senior Grant DeWald nailed a career-long 43-yard field goal to give the Bobcats a 23-21 halftime lead. Unfortunately, the Cardinals outscored Bates 20-0 in the second half to pull away. Costa finished with 18 carries for 170 yards and a score. Meanwhile, Boyer notched 53 yards and a touchdown on 14 carries in his return to the starting lineup. Head coach Mark Harriman looks back at the tale of two halves. First of all, coach, must be nice to have Peter Boyer back at the dive back spot. Looked like he was uh, pretty good there out there on Saturday. Yeah, he did. He, you know, obviously he's uh, he's got a lot of experience and he runs really hard and did a great job for us. Um, you know, I think what he brings to the team from a leadership standpoint is, is great as well. Uh, Matt Golden did another, you know, st- played dive back as well and had a couple of nice runs and had a couple of great blocks as well. Yeah, with Boyer being out there for a week or so, um, did that make him more fresh almost? Well, I, I think any time, you know, guys get off their feet, it, it can help bring their legs back a little bit. Um, so, he, yeah, in some ways, I, you know, when it's, a, when it's a, a, um, you know, an injury like he had, you just obviously limited his repetitions and, and everything throughout the week. Brendan Costa, first-year quarterback, took care of the ball well this week, ran the ball really well. What do you see from him? Uh, just another, you know, another week of improvement. I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously he's a very explosive player. Um, he's still learning the offense. I mean, some of the some of the plays he made are just superior athletic plays. I mean, and, and we're really excited to once he actually understands the offense to, to see what he can do. Um, so, again, he'll just get better and better each week. 
So right now, are some of those uh, him improving a little bit? Uh, yeah, improving would be a, a good way to put it, I guess. Uh, now, you know, again, when you have a, a good athlete at that position and he can get one-on-one with people, he just, you know, he can make things happen. Another big throw and catch to Jason Lopez. We could get used to this, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Jason's done a great job, you know, and and uh, does have the speed to get vertical, and that's all, really all he did. He just beat. They they were in man coverage, and he beat his defender, and um, you know that that was it was a great throw, a great catch, and we'd like to see those two continue. And Grant DeWald had a career-long 43-yard field goal. He just keeps extending that range, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, I was a little concerned um, because we we don't normally kick on grass, but I thought he he did you know got out there a little early and. Um, did, did a nice job with that, and, and really, what, what impressed me the most is you know he did miss the uh, extra point before that, and uh, didn't you know didn't let it phase him at all, and went back out, and obviously in a critical situation was able to, to kick a career long. So the first half, great battle. Bates leads by two at halftime. Second half, uh, did Wesley make adjustments? What were your observations about what changed? Uh, it, you know, we didn't help ourselves get off the field. I mean, I think I think one thing that they have a, a quarterback that, as we talked, you know, last week, I think is as good as anybody in the conference. And um, he, you know, he made some big third down plays, both running the ball, uh, then you know, moving around in the pocket and, and finding receivers and. and um, we, we were on the field way too long on defense. You know, couldn't couldn't uh, get a couple of third down stops. I mean, and, and uh, we only had we only had the ball for <coughs> excuse me for for uh, two series in the third quarter. And that that you know we obviously got we got to stay on the field offensively, but we also got to limit what what uh, an offense is doing to us that way. It wasn't a a matter of field position. I thought all day our field position was great, both from our you know, our offense moving the ball and, and special teams, whether it's our punt team or, or return teams, whatever it might be, creating decent field position. So it was just really a matter of, uh, you know, get us getting off the field defensively. You know, obviously you never want to blame injuries or anything, but Joe Frake is a key part of that defense and not having him, that definitely hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we got some young guys that are stepping in. Um, you know, the, the, we, we played really two freshmen at one position uh, to kind of, uh, you know, it's a domino effect. We moved uh, Connor Saracci over to the strong side. He's usually on the weak side, and and some things like that. So, um, you know, again, it, it's part of the game with with injuries, and we have to we have to uh, you know make sure that those guys are are getting better every week. But obviously, having Joe back would be will be a big boost. He's day to day right now, obviously, right? Yes. Yep. Looking at the team as a whole, any other guys who stood out to you? Yeah, uh, Jack O'Brien, our sophomore center, played by far his best game. I think just did a phenomenal job. Uh, John Lindgren on defense did, did a nice job. It, you know, we had some guys that I, I thought played better than they have uh, in in the first couple of weeks overall. I think both sides of the ball, we did some really positive things. I mean, uh you know, uh, defensively, the you know we did give up, still give up uh, <clears throat> more points than we want to, but they earned them. It wasn't, you know, there there weren't as the type of explosive plays that we had seen uh, in the first couple of weeks. So again, we got to, you know, we still got to, as I said, get off the field when we have the opportunity to get off the field. But um, I thought that was a positive step. We held them, you know, we had two goal line stands and held them to to field goals on, on both times, and, and that was a positive. And, and again, offensively, um, you know, I, I thought as far as as seeing a lot of the young guys understanding what we're trying to do and, and, and 
seeing when we can be successful with running the ball between the tackles and it just opens everything else up opens a quarterback run up opens a pass game up and um, so you know that that was a real positive as well. You touched on Lingren playing well. Obviously, his position is a high pressure position for a young kid, isn't it? Because he's kind of last line of defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's the guy that gets us lined up. You know, he makes a lot of the, adjust, the coverage adjustments, and 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 uh, he's again got to be in position to help us both with the run and the pass. And and uh, um, he's again a, a young guy, but it's gotten better every week. Goes out there and competes all the time. Saw Coy Candelario first career interception. What happened on that play? Made a nice play. You know they they they've got a, a one of the better, if not the best, receiver in the conference. I mean, if you look statistically, and Coy was matched up on him a couple of times, and you know one time um, that you know they were able to make a play, and then Coy came back and you know just did a great job on with his with his coverage and um, basically undercut the, the the throw and and was able to make the play. So this week in practice, what's going to be some points of emphasis? Well, again, I, you know, it's 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 kind of the the same theme as, as it's been. We've got to be more consistent. You know, I, I, now it's um, it's it's consistency within drives, but it's also consistency within a game. You know, it's it's talking about being able to come back out and understand that you know everybody's going to make adjustments and and being able to uh, um, you know make our adjustments and see that they you know they come to fruition middlebury i know they like to air it out right yeah i mean they're you know they're they're a, a typically a, a real strong throw team um you know they're the second second leading throwing team in the conference and usually they're number one um so they will do that uh, they also though have a, a running back that in, in an offensive line that if you you know it's it's kind of a uh, the I think one of the hidden secrets that they have is that they, you know they they typically run the ball well. Now some of it may be that people are really defending the pass, but I think they do uh, you know from a from a personnel standpoint they can they can do both, and they've been I think a little more balanced this year than than they have in the past. They're coming off a loss to Williams. Can you learn much from watching that tape of what what Williams did to, to attack Middlebury? Is that not really comparable because Williams is obviously a different team than Bates? Well, it's all you know. You, you you try to watch watch it all and and um, take what you can from it. I mean, you know, I think it, it, the one thing it shows is that Williams is is for real yeah. and they're back. You know, I mean that that it it's probably a little faster than a lot of people thought they would be. But they're they're a very good football team and and they obviously proved that on Saturday. Um, you know, it was a, a very close game. I mean, it could have gone either way. Uh, they. We we've got to do some of the things that I think Williams did, and it's not as much schematically because we're a different different scheme. But um, you know they weren't spectacular offensively. They did enough to to keep the chains moving, and, and obviously made a, a play. You know made a drive at the end to win the game. Um, but they they kept the number of explosive plays down that Middlebury you know can have on a team, um, and and that was really probably the big thing. And played the field position game a little bit. So for you guys, if you can repeat almost a little bit what you did against Wesley in terms of limiting those explosive plays, that's really another key factor this week, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they, 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 um, their uh, Middlebury's depth at the receiver position is is excellent. I don't think they've, you know, they they spread the ball around a little bit better than some of the other teams. You know, they, if you look at statistically, they're all their guys are catching the ball. Um, so, 
All right, well, we're looking forward to the matchup this week back at home. That'll be nice, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> two, two long road, road weeks, so it'll be nice to be, nice to be home. All right, Coach Mark Harriman, thanks so much. Thank you. The field hockey team had a week to remember. They defeated three teams ranked in the top six in the country by the National Field Hockey Coaches Association. First, on Tuesday, Bates upended number two nationally ranked Babson by a score of 2-1 to one in overtime. The game-winning goal came in the 75th minute from sophomore Grace Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald threw one player into the area, fires, they score! Bates pulls the upset in overtime as they knock off the number two ranked team in the country. An exhausted but happy Fitzgerald joined the Bobcast after the win. Yeah, I mean, it was a whole team effort getting the ball up the field. It was amazing, and we just picked it off. I sent it right in. I just... So much energy spent throughout the whole game, especially into overtime. I just want to finish it. Feels good. <laughs> yeah, overtime, seven on seven. How is that different between, you know, regulation, obviously, you know, 11 on 11? It's so different. It's just like really battle of who wants it the most. Like it's all running and it's just, you just got to kill it. <laughs> Probably pretty exhausted even to play just a few minutes of overtime, right? Yeah, it's killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 15 minutes is a bit. It's a, it's a long time. I'm just so happy we, we just finished in five minutes. It showed, like, all the work we've put in in off-season, pre-season. Like, we've been working so hard for everything, and that just shows how much effort we put in. Now, I know you're a sophomore, so you weren't here a couple years ago when they beat Babson here, but you were here last year when you beat Babson. Yeah, well, yeah. What is it about this matchup that favors you, it seems like? I don't, I don't know. Every This year they said that they've lost to us because they have a busy week every time we play them. And we were like, every week at Bates is a busy week. So that's what they say. Yeah. And then any other thoughts on maybe how this builds momentum, hopefully, you know, to big NESCAC weekend, right? Yeah. We're excited. We just talked about it in our huddle. Like, it's going to be a great weekend. We're going to get back-to-back wins. The win over Babson is the fifth straight for Bates over the Beavers. And it marks the third straight year the Bobcats have knocked off Babson with the Beavers ranked as one of the top 10 teams in the nation. Over the weekend, Bates made Fitzgerald's prediction of back-to-back NESCAC wins come true. On Saturday, the Bobcats defeated number five nationally ranked Tufts one to nothing thanks to this goal in the 12th minute from Emma Patterson. Loff, however, will take it back. Loff running into the area. Sends that one up high, knocked down, it's a goal! Knocked out of the air that time by Emma Patterson. And Bates takes the lead, 1-0. And then the Bobcats held on for the victory thanks to some great defense. Travers sets it into motion. It'll go down low to Travers. They get it in front, and Bates will knock it out of the area. There's the final whistle. The Bates Bobcats for the second game in a row. Knock off a nationally ranked opponent. The win was the Bobcats' first against Tufts since 2002. Then on Sunday, Bates completed its remarkable week with a 1-0 win over number 6 nationally ranked Amherst. Taylor Loft's goal in the 67th minute was the difference in the game. Fitzgerald into the 25, rolls into the area, shot, and redirected for the goal! Taylor Loft! Takes the play, it was going to go wide for Ada Lindquist, but knocking it out of the air and into the wide open goal is Taylor Loff. And with four minutes left, Bates won, Emerson nothing.
The Bobcats now sit at 7-5 and five and 4-4 four and four in NESCAC play. And Taylor Loff earned NESCAC Player of the Week honors. It's amazing. Like after our Amherst game, I just, we were stretching and I just looked up at the team and I said, hey, you guys, we just beat three of the top six teams in one week. Like that's amazing. I can't stop thinking about it. It just keeps crossing my mind. But yeah, it's really exciting. Loff was great, but so was that defense. Sophomore Alexa Jurgalite anchors a Bates defense that allowed just seven shots on goal in the Bobcats' perfect week. And for her efforts, Alexa Jurgalite is our female Bobcat of the week. Talking with female Bobcat of the week, Alexa Jurgalite here on the Bobcast. And first of all, the penalty corners to end the Tufts and the Amherst matches. How nerve-wracking were those? And on defense, what are you trying to do there to prevent them from getting that ball in the net? Yeah, okay, so those are uh, pretty scary, especially at the end of the game, um, because if they had scored on either Tufts or Amherst had scored on either of those, we would have gone into overtime, which we obviously didn't want to happen. Um, but so our job on the corners is just basically to get the ball out of the circle in the last like couple seconds. So Grace Fitzgerald is our fly, so she'll run to the run to the ball and then we have two trails i'm the right side trail um so if uh, the ball gets slipped to their left to our right i step and um try to clear it out if grace doesn't get it but so yeah basically we're just trying to get the ball out of the circle as fast as we can from your perspective which one was the closer call <laughs> the two games yeah like, amherst on, on amherst play, yeah. because they kept they called it they called the game and then they brought it back they were like oh no like we're gonna do another corner so <laughs> that was definitely a close call we were nervous but we got it out. Well, in that game, Amherst had, what, like 13 penalty corners, so you were trying to kill those all night, weren't you? Yeah, we, <laughs> there was too many. I actually said the other day, we looked at I looked at Amherst's um, corners from their Connecticut game, and they had 12, and I was like, we can't let that happen, but we let them have 13. <laughs> so um, that was definitely scary, but we didn't let us, them score on any of those, so that was pretty good. <laughs> so taking us outside of penalty corners in general on defense, what's your role? Um, still basically the same thing, just to break up the play. I'm... Um, Occasionally, I'll like step to the ball and like create an offensive play, but usually it's just to break up um, the opposing team's um, attack. Great. Now, as a sophomore, what have you learned about your experience last year that you've applied to this year personally? Um, well, last year I was in a I played midfield actually last year, and this year I'm in defense. So I have a different. Um, last year I was in a totally different role. I had a more offensive kind of mindset, um, and this year I had to kind of switch and go back to defense. Um, but really, I just like learning. Like the transfers it was still big last year. Like switching fields, that's something that I've. Um, Danny, my coach, used to always say. She's like, look for the transfers. So like now, um, it's something that's like ingrained in my brain. And now that I'm in defense, I know like we need to like do this to create um, better attacking opportunities. Look for the transfers. Explain that to a non-field hockey expert. <laughs> so that just means um, if the ball is on the left side of the field, and we say like it's on, or the transfer's on, or something that just means swing the ball around the back of the field and get it to our right side, which is our strong side. But we also do that from right to left, too. It's just to um, switch the side of the field so we get the other team off their guard. Has it sunk in yet that you beat three top six nationally ranked opponents in one week? It's sinking in. It's crazy. We were, <laughs> we're so excited. Um, yeah, and like all my friends who don't play field hockey are really excited for us, too. So it's like, it's so exciting. And then um, coming into the week, obviously the year you know started off with some tough opponents and some close matches. Uh, have you? I mean, how did the team kind of maintain the confidence through some early not struggles, but some close matches that you came just short in? Yeah, uh, that's pr probably how. Since we came so close, it's probably what kept our confidence up. We all of our losses were one goal losses, so we knew we were we were there. Like we just had to like get get a win, and we knew we would be able to do it. So 
we did i think it was connecticut where we finally got our like win that like after trinity we, we lost to trinity we knew we could have beat them um and then we beat connecticut and we were like off like that and so that's four in a row so <laughs> now we're on a roll right and babson what's with your hold over babson uh pers i personally think it's a we have a mental thing over that like now since we've beat them for the last five years they just it's a mental block for them but i mean they're a great program um and so are we <laughs> so it's a good game all the time but that's i think it's they're in their heads when they play us and the defense as a whole i mean what's been clicking so much because you held three you know really great opponents to one total goal um i think we just really work well together um sam reese and um megan waldron and actually last game it was shelby mccormick the three of us back there um we just work really well together we communicate when we're um, who's on ball and who has which players in the circle because we try to mark everyone at all times. Um, we just work really well together. And then just your thoughts on going forward because you got another uh, tough opponent coming in this Saturday, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, well, we're definitely excited. I, th I think Mitch should be scared. <laughs> They're number three, but we just beat two, five, and six. So I would be worried if I was mid. And we're excited. We're fired up. So <laughs> ready to go. All right, Alexa Jerglight, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Speaking of perfect weeks, the Bobcat volleyball team went 3-0 last week as well. Bates defeated rival Bowden in a non-conference match on Tuesday by a count of 3-1. Then the Bobcats picked up two huge NESCAC wins over the weekend, defeating Connecticut College 3-0 on Saturday and handing the Wesleyan Cardinals their first conference loss of the year on Sunday. This one yet another 3-0 win for Bates. Senior captain Jacqueline Forney averaged 12.9 assists, 4.3 digs, 0.3 kills, and 0.2 blocks per set over the course of the three matches, earning NESCAC Player of the Week honors. She joined the Bobcast following the Bowden win, and her optimism for the weekend proved to be well-founded. We are a developing team, so we really, Coach always tells us fall, fall in love with the process and that's what we're doing and tonight it showed uh, we put in a good day of practice yesterday took the weekend off to rest up and we're excited for this weekend as well for NESCACs again. And always nice to beat your uh, big rival Bowden right? Oh absolutely so this is the first time us seniors have ever beat Bowden um, obviously a great NESCAC although this doesn't count for the NESCAC great NESCAC win on our home floor. What really worked out there you think today for everyone? Yeah, you know, I think we have this kind of cool energy that we're really focusing on uh, that everyone really brings to the floor. Uh, I thought defensively uh, in the second set, we really brought it. We are in system a lot. So I was able to run our offense really well. Uh, and all of our hitters were putting balls down. We had one, well, our front row at one point are all first years. And every time I have all first years, they're all options. I never have to be worried with one of them, which is really reassuring as a senior. So. Well, speaking of first years, Angel got that height, got the power there, middle hitter. I mean, what kind of impact has she made? Yeah, no, Angel's been a great player for us. And, uh, yeah, she definitely gets the team hyped up. But she's also just the sweetest, sweetest girl on and off the floor. So whenever she puts a ball down, we all, like, want to scream in her face. And she just turns around with the biggest smile on her face. Uh, but, yeah, she turned out tonight and played really well. We've been working on middles a lot uh, just to establish them because it's so important in the game of volleyball to establish your middles uh, so we've been working on that a lot. Great, any thoughts on this victory? 
Yeah, no, it's it's hard because it's like just now hitting me. Yeah. Um, but coach really focused on this too. And uh, when we were talking after the game, we're going to take tonight, really celebrate this win. This is a big win for the program, for us confidence-wise, uh, transition that into practice tomorrow because we do kind of have our backs against the wall in terms of NESCACs. And our goal is to make NESCACs, so we got to come out this weekend all after it so and obviously this proves you can beat anyone in this conference yeah absolutely so Bowdoin's in the top three in our conference uh certainly can beat all of them and all of the teams we've played so far we know we can compete with them we just got to finish at the end and tonight we we really turned it around so hopefully this will be the tipping point for the season first year middle hitter Angel Ichible has been one of the top performers all year for the volleyball team she notched 12 kills against Bowdoin 10 kills against Connecticut College, and 13 kills against Wesleyan. Well, Angel, great week for the volleyball team, 3-0 and week. And I want to ask you about, you know, the team in general, your development as a first year here at Bates. What's it been like so far for you? It's been really exciting. The team has been very welcoming, and Bates as a whole has just been an amazing experience so far. Now, you're originally from Germany. You went to high school in California and then came out here to Bates. How did that all develop? <laughs> Um, originally, my family moved to California because we used to go there on vacation a lot, and my mom just loved it. So we moved out there. I attended high school there. But recently, over the summer, my family started missing Germany again because it's kind of our home. So we decided to move back, but I came back here for college. <laughs> well, how did you hear about Bates at first? Um, it was actually through Ruby, who's on the team as well, because she committed to Bates for volleyball before me. So I kind of heard about Bates and kind of looked into it, and I realized that I really loved it. And then um, also one of my coaches for my club volleyball team told me that a lot of people who played on the same club team were attending the school and that they really loved it. So I kind of wanted to come out here and look at it. And after that, I I just decided to come here. Well, I imagine when you visited, was it your first trip to Maine, I bet? Yes. <laughs> what was your initial impression? Um, it was very cold, <laughs> and but I came in the fall, so it was beautiful. So yeah, it's starting to get a little colder now. You, you do, do you know about the winters? Yes, I've heard about the winters, and I'm starting to prepare myself, but I'm a little nervous, but I guess we'll see <laughs> how it goes. Well, I, I mean, how's it been? You know, you've stepped in right away at the middle hitter spot, and, you know, coaches mentioned that it's a valuable spot because, you know, you get a lot of kills that maybe weren't there in past years for the team. So what's a bit, is that what you played in high school, and how's the adjustment been to college? Um, I played the same position in high school. And I think, I mean, obviously playing at the college level is a lot different than playing in high school. But overall, overall like, the competitiveness of, like, of the game itself stay the same, if that makes sense. So, Yeah. <laughs> What's it been like, uh, you know, working with, like, uh, Jacqueline Forney, our senior setter? She's, she's obviously been such a great leader her whole career. Uh, it's just amazing. She's just such a great person. She's an amazing teammate, and she's an amazing friend. She's helped me so much with just kind of getting settled here at Bates. And I think all the freshmen feel the same. All the seniors on the team have been so welcoming. And I think it's really nice to just have someone, especially if you're, like, stepping into this new environment this new like life here in Maine and they've been really helpful with all of it well how about this past week I mean I know there were some heartbreakers the previous weekend but it seems like the team put those behind them and did really well what was the Bowdoin match sort of the turning point you think 
Um, yes, but I also think that we kind of just changed our mindset that we were doing this for obviously the team as a whole, but I think just for the seniors because it's their last, it was their last home weekend. And I think that kind of just like pushed us to kind of give this, to like give them this, I guess. But obviously like we did it as a team and I don't know, I think it was just a shift in our mindset. Great. Well, Angel Ajipwe, thanks so much. Thank you. The women's and men's cross-country teams both won the Maine State Championship on Saturday. It's the first time since 2012 both teams have won the title in the same year. Senior captain Catherine Cook became the first women's cross-country Bobcat to win individual state champion honors since Abby Anthony in 2000. Cook covered the five-kilometer course in 17 minutes, 47.9 seconds. We'll talk with Maine State champion Catherine Cook here on the Bobcast. And first of all, you, you won the race. Were, you, were, were those your expectations going in individually? I know as a team you were expecting to win, but for you individually, what was that like? Um, I did not expect to win the race going in. Um, we had been doing better as a team um, so far this year, and so that was that was a really pleasant surprise. I had thought that we would do well. Um, I was unclear whether or not we would be leading the whole time, and we actually just took it out, took the race out um, <laughs> really fast, and that's just kind of how it ended up. <laughs> yeah. When did you pull away from maybe your fellow teammates? <laughs> um, well, so I ran the entire, I ran most of the race with um, Liv LaMarche, my teammate, um, and she was there with me up until the very, the very end of it, um, probably until about a half mile or less out from the finish line. And um, so she was right there, and that was a great, that was a great help. Um, we did move a little bit too fast in the beginning, but it was really nice to have her there. It's a common mistake to make on this course because it's, very flat and I think people's nerves get high. Yeah, and... I was going to ask you about the course. It's nothing like Pineland Farms. Is it? Oh no it's yeah. not. Um, <laughs> Pineland is very hilly. Yeah. Um, that's what we know it for, what we love it for and also what we hate it for. <laughs> but um, Bowden's course is extremely flat. Um, not a single hill and so it is a good, nice fast course. Um, it's We had a lot of personal records on the team so a lot of people in general I think were very happy with their performance. Yeah, are you running on concrete there, or what is it? It's just grass. It's oh, it's grass. Um, we have a few. There are a few loops in the woods where it's kind of harder packed dirt, but um, the start and the finish and a few and kind of a loop in the middle is just on a field. So when you cross the finish line, what what went through your mind? <laughs> I was just very happy to have completed that course. Um, I guess successfully. I. Um, I didn't have very many expectations going into it, but I was satisfied um, having raced a hard race, and um, I was just glad to have held held the pace even after we started too fast. And I was happy to have um, to have my team right there as well, um, just a few seconds, just a few seconds behind. Yeah. Did any alums reach out to you after the race? They did actually. Um, <laughs> my um, a good friend of mine, Jess Wilson, who had all, who I had always run with for the past few years, reached out, and there have been just several alums who have been following the team in general very closely. And they, I guess, like once a bobcat, always a bobcat. They <laughs> they've stayed and have been just supportive and friendly and wonderful. And um, 
I think a few of them are actually going to come up to watch NESCAX. Yeah. So we're really excited to see them. Right. NESCAX coming up not this week, but the following, the following weekend, week, hosting yes. right here at Pineland Farms, which is pretty rare because it's it rotates through all the schools. So how yeah. excited are you? I'm very excited. <laughs> this is actually going to be our third time racing at Pineland this year. Yeah. So, um, But this time it's going to be a 6K instead of a 5K, so a little bit longer during the postseason races. Um, but the Bates team knows Pineland very well. Um, it's going to be very exciting to host um, and just see what, what the other teams do on that course as well. But I think that we're going to have a really great showing, and um, it'll be our last race there, so my last race there, period. So it's going to be, it's going to be very exciting. Sure. Well, when you up it to 6K from 5K, I mean, yes. that's that's a leap for everybody. Your experience with it, but maybe some of the first years aren't. So what do you tell them about that extra K? <laughs> <laughs> the extra K, I'd say that it doesn't matter. It, maybe, if anything, you need to, you can relax a little bit because uh. it's a, it's slightly longer. But once you get once you get to that distance, the last K, you just need to finish. It's not, it's not significant enough to really make a difference in the race. Um and so I think they're going to have a fine adjustment to it. Um, I actually prefer 6Ks. I'm definitely more of a longer distance runner than I am a shorter distance runner. Um, and the adjustment in previous years has always been really seamless. Yeah. All right, looking forward to it. Catherine Cook, our main state champion. Thanks so much. Thank you. For the men's team, senior captain Zach Megan led the way with a third place finish out of 151 individuals. But our male Bobcat of the Week is senior Matt Morris. The theme this year for the Bobcats is depth, and Morris was one of four seniors on Saturday to win All-State Honors. He came in fifth place for the first All-State Honors of his career. Like we've been doing all year, we've just been trying to run as a pack, uh, try to keep the group together for as long as possible in the race. And I think we did a pretty good job of that, which is pretty cool. Great senior class. What makes it so special? We're all really great friends. You know, we've been training together for four years. So it's a pretty cool thing, I guess. Did you guys talk about goals you had before the year or anything? Uh, I guess not really before the year. I mean, the goal is, you know, is definitely to, you know, go to nationals. Yeah, it's kind of – I've talked to different cross-country runners. They have different approaches to that because some are like – Oh yeah, we really definitely focus on going national or other like we don't want to think about that. What's your approach to that? It's it's definitely something we talk about, but at the same time, you know, the last few years we've definitely felt like we've had teams that could have done it and we haven't necessarily. So, you know, no one wants to kind of jinx it or make it like the whole focus, but you know, performing in the postseason is, you know, the goal. And we think if we do that, then hopefully we can get a berth at nationals, I guess. Being all state, what does that mean to you? Your senior year, you got it for the first time. It's cool. It's nice to see improvement from year to year. So, you know, sophomore and junior year, I was around like the same place those last two years. So it's definitely a step up. Right. What was the course like? Um, I mean, Bowdoin's a really flat course. Um, you know, it's usually pretty fast. It was a really hot day on Saturday. So the times weren't quite what I think some of us expected it to be. But, you know, it's cool. It's different from Pineland, our home course. When it's really hot like that, how do you adjust your strategy or anything? I mean, my strategy was just to try to stay with the pack, which is would probably be the same no matter what. So, I I don't know. I mean, I'm from Maryland, further south, so the heat's not necessarily the worst thing for me. Sure. So you're from Maryland, so how did you first find out about Bates? How did you first decide to come up here, you know, a few years back? We actually had some family friends uh, who uh, their daughter was looking at Bates, and she didn't wind up coming here, but she said, like, oh, you should look at it. It's like similar to some of the other schools you're looking at. And, you know, I hear they have a really great cross-country team. So I emailed Coach Fresh, you know, 
uh, went and visited some schools in New England and uh, took a drive up to Maine and, uh, you know, met with him, planned an overnight, kind of took it from there. Now I'm here. <laughs> You've been here for a few years now as a senior, but um, what was your first impression of Bates? Had you ever been to Maine before? Uh, no, my overnight was my first time in Maine. What was the experience like? You know, I guess when you first come into Maine, it's a pretty cool thing to, like, go over that, like, Pisacaca River Bridge. I definitely just said that wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that, like, view that first time, yeah. like, I feel like, you know, you, those, like, you know, your first few minutes in Maine is definitely exactly what you'd expect it to be, which is a pretty cool thing, so... Definitely had a great time on my overnight. Left a really good impression. I, you know, really felt like I fit in with the guys on the team that year. Now, when younger guys come and visit, what do you tell them about what it takes to succeed as a cross country runner here at Bates? I just kind of tell them, you know, what a great team we have. Like, kind of like, you know, how positive, how fun it is. You know, what a great experience it is to be a member of a team like this. It's funny. I talked to you know cross country runners. A lot of them are involved with track, obviously indoor yeah, and outdoor. Course. What's your involvement there? Uh, I mean, probably like everyone else, you interviewed. I'm a distance runner on the track team, yeah. so I do it year round. And do you see cross-country preparing you for track or track preparing you for cross-country? I know some people work different ways. I'm definitely more of a cross-country guy, so <laughs> that's that's the sport I care about the most. Like Track's great, but I just love cross-country. When did you start running it? Uh, freshman year of high school. What inspired you to do it? Um, actually, no, wait. I, I ran in eighth grade, too. I forgot okay. about that. Yeah. And I did that because... I played soccer before that. Then the part I liked about soccer the most was the running. So I figured I might as well just cut the soccer part out of it and just do the only part of it I liked. And so that's kind of how I got started. Got me excited to be hosting the NSCAC championships this year, right? Yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, I love the Pineland course. So I'm very excited to run like a major meet there for the first time. Uh, I think it's going to be really fantastic. Terrific. Well, we're looking forward to it. Congrats again on the yeah. team winning the main state title. Matt Morris, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. The men's golf team won the CBB tournament for the third time in four years on Saturday, defeating second place Bowden by two strokes. Sophomores Andrew Garcia Bow and Julian Lewin both shot a 75 to tie for medalist honors. And then on Monday, they joined the Bobcast. This is the third time in four years the Bobcats have won, but you guys are both sophomores, so after not winning last year, it must be pretty nice to get the victory this year, huh, Julian? Uh, it is, yeah. I don't think that I actually played this tournament last year, so it's really nice to come in for the first time and get her done, so <laughs> it's, it's a blast. We have both of you as sophomores. This is your first time in this particular tournament, right? So yeah. how'd it go for you? Um, it went pretty well. It was the second week in a row that we played this course, and it was a lot of fun to go back and like know it better than I had previously and just win. Yeah. What did you learn from your first experience maybe last week and using it to this week and everything? Well, the week that um, I played was a little bit rainy, so the greens were a little bit slower. Um, I think that was the first time, and so it gave me – some time to adjust to the course, not having it be so fast and all of that in conditions. So conditions were better this week, and that enabled me to play better. Pretty sweet to tie your teammate for first place among all the individuals, huh? Yeah, it was kind of nice. It's nice to going in as winners together instead of individual, even though individual titles are always nice. But knowing that it's your teammate feels a lot better than if you tied with a random kid from Bowdoin or Colby. Mm-hmm. Right, and I know uh, you know you guys have a couple senior captains on this team. Did they give any sort of speech before the tournament or anything like that? <laughs> Not really. We were with the coach in the van, came up to the course, and just said, "All right, guys, let's get first. <laughs> that was pretty much it. But um, I know deep down that they they were thinking something, and they wanted us to do well, and they've told us that before, just not in the van beforehand. Yeah, because in golf, you don't want to be too hyped up, right? I mean, you want to be excited <laughs> to play, but at the same time, you're not like 
anxious and like straining to yeah. get after it as hard as you might like in a football game. It's a different kind of energy, but it's still exciting and fun to go out there and win. When you find out kind of that your team had won, how does that process work? Well, I was in the second to last pairing, so I had no idea where we were standing because I was still in the course. Andrew might have had some idea, but I was just trying to finish the best I could and hopefully get that first place victory. So I just chugged along, and then we got there. <laughs> so when you finished up after the you know final hole, you come in, someone tell you you'd won, or uh, we still had to wait for one more player, but we had. I think five of the six scores locked in, so we had a pretty good idea that we were going to win. And what was your perspective from it? Uh, well, I finished, I think it was the third group to finish, so he was two more behind me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of, like, got a feel of, like, where we were throughout the last few holes for people. And, like, I could tell that the last the scores that we had in were beating the other ones. So, like, I had an idea that we might be winning, but you still don't know because anyone could come in with any score and really throw a wrench in it. And we only beat Bowden by two shots. So, like, if someone came in, if he came in with the 77 instead of 75, we would have tied. But even then, our scores going further into the lineup were low enough that I think we would have taken it still. Right, well, last week, Andrew and I talked about how Colby was the one that had been really close with you guys this year, but this time it was Bowden. Yeah, it was. Um, um, before, I was just going to say yeah. that it's best principle to just try to beat your opponents that you're playing with and not think too much about the overall score and try to do the best you can um, right there in the present because if you start to think about how everyone else is playing, that might drag you down a little bit, but overall it went well. The men's soccer team defeated Thomas College 1-0 in double overtime on Tuesday thanks to a game-winning goal from sophomore Peter Bakken. But the Bobcats dropped a couple of tough matches over the weekend, falling 1-0 to number four nationally ranked Tufts on Saturday and 2-1 to number nine Amherst on Sunday. Sophomore Bofis Campolo scored in the loss to the Mammoths. Meanwhile, the women's soccer team also fell to Tufts and Amherst. But both teams will get a chance to bounce back this weekend when Middlebury comes to town. The women's soccer team hosts Middlebury on Russell Street Field at 11 a.m. on Saturday, while the men's team plays at 2 p.m. The Panthers also visit to take on the Bobcat field hockey and football programs, with those games getting underway at noon and 1 p.m. respectively. We will recap those home games and much more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my Bates, 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 Bates